You're listening to the Bahai World News Service. Now live at local house of worship at the Living God by Bahai. So maybe I can start telling you about Fundaek. Um, Fundaek is a Bahai-inspired organization. And um, Fundaek means the foundation for the application and teaching of science. That was Leslie Stewart, executive director of Fundaek, a Baha'i-inspired development organization in Colombia with extensive experience in the fields of education and agriculture. In an interview with the Baha'i World News Service, Leslie discusses insights about some of Fundaek's initiatives, particularly focusing on the area of agriculture, food production, and distribution. Her stories provide glimpses into ways that the Baha'i principles of the harmony of science and religion, the oneness of humanity, and selfless service to society can inspire a population to take charge of its own progress and prosperity. From the Baha'i World News Service, this is Insights from the Field, a new podcast that explores experiences from Baha'i efforts to contribute to social progress, from the grassroots to the international level. Fundaik was established in 1974 by an interdisciplinary group of professionals who wanted to find an appropriate role for science, education, and technology in the development of communities. They start working with this very special region in Colombia that is called Norte del Cauca that have passed through a very um, difficult situation in relation to social and economic uh, uh, paradigms and an extensive monoculture of sugarcane. So many people have lost their land. And um, we're a bit like trying to see like what is going to happen with us. And they had this like very deep desire of really taking in their hands their spiritual and their material development. And Fundag really was created out of this desire of like how to accompany a population in their desire to really contribute to the development of their region. For nearly five decades now, Fundaek has been developing capacity in people to contribute to the well-being of their societies and addressing the educational needs of young people in Colombia. For all these decades, really a network of thousands and thousands of youth have been trained and um, through what it has become known, the SAT program, or uh, that stands for the Tutorial Learning System, that it's a program that in some way uh, systematized the learning that this first group of, of professionals from Fundaeg and farmers and people from Norte del Cauca together learned about different capabilities that, that youth need to, in order to contribute to, to the well-being of their communities. What Fundae has done is to train thousands and thousands of what we call promoters of community well-being. And the idea of this word, <laughs> it's like really how you develop this identity that you're like really thinking continuously of how to 
develop your own qualities, your own um, capabilities as an individual, but at the same time, how you are contributing to the transformation of your environment, the transformation or of the place where you are, the, your community, your family. In 2005, Fundeg established the Preparation for Social Action Program, often referred to as PSA. The aim of this program is to develop capacity in young people to apply scientific knowledge, together with spiritual principles, to contribute to social progress. Leslie shared with us an example of how the graduates of this program, who they refer to as promoters of community well-being, were able to quickly and creatively respond to the needs of their community in a time of crisis. So actually what happened in the pandemic is that since Colombia was facing an economic crisis because many, many people lose their jobs and the situation was quite, um, quite bad and people couldn't have the money to buy food. And you know, I mean, as has happened in many regions of the world, youth have come a little bit mm, apart from the life of agriculture. <laughs> even though their ancestors were very linked to the land and to nature. But because of all these modernization processes, really youth have in some way lose a very important aspect or dimension of life that is your connection to nature, your connection to your land. The situation was so bad that people were desperate because they couldn't find food. So everybody started to think again about food production. And of course, this was part of their training as promoters of community well-being. And they knew certain things, but maybe there was not a big interest from the community of really trying to move forward these food production processes. So actually, the graduates, or what, what we call the promoters of community well-being students, we're really like wanting to make a contribution and we motivate them to look for any space available in their communities that was not being used for producing food. And in whatever space they had in their homes or in the community, they can start to produce food and they can learn together about this process. And at the beginning, of course, people that, that knew about agriculture very well they had great successes, but other people that didn't know too much. So, of course, the plants die and, and they didn't know what to do. But when they started learning and also we promoted these spaces for training and for trying to answer questions about challenges with producing food. But very soon people started to see, oh, what I'm doing is having an effect. And actually my neighbors are producing food and actually my neighbors now are sharing with me their harvest. So I can do it too. So this really in the midst of this situation that was very difficult for people, in some way they found hope. They found that I can do something to improve this situation. So during the pandemic, it was yeah, around 1,000 people that just stood up and said, you know, I'm going to make a contribution to produce food so that everybody in my community, in my family, uh, will not have problems with hunger. Mm -hmm. 
food was produced, but then of course you will have to see how to distribute it. Um, many like learning experiences started to uh, arise. And one of them, for instance, was in a specific region, there was this question about, okay, how do we organize ourselves so that producers and consumers can come together and to solve their problems with food. So a network of these 80 families was created where there was this direct contact with the producers and people will acquire different products at a very fair price. And you also are strengthening these bonds of cooperation, of collaboration, of solidarity, where everyone is helping each other to solve its problems. Another area that Fundike has increasingly been turning its attention to is the protection, preservation, and restoration of the natural environment. Then another component was that of course, we are very conscious that the environment is also suffering. For instance, there has been a lot of effort of finding the models and finding the technology to produce sufficient food for everyone, but little attention that has been given to how these technologies are affecting the environment. So we realized that related to agriculture, we will have to also work with this area of the environment so we decided that together, around the initiatives that we were doing with food production, we will do an initiative or promote an initiative around the planting of trees. Of course, planting trees is not going to solve the whole problem of the environment, but you cannot underestimate the power of thousands and thousands of people starting to plant trees and starting to change the biodiversity of their communities, starting to change the landscape of their communities, to provide a habitat for different animals, and also having this opportunity to recuperate many native species that because of all these processes with monoculture um, have really um, damaged the the, the quantity and the quality of, of native species. And of course, fruits. We're so lucky that we live in a region of the world which is so rich in diversity. And, and it's interesting to see that, that you ask many youth and many children today, like, you know, madroño, or you know, mame, or you know, like these other fruit. And they will say, no, I haven't eaten, I have never eaten this fruit. And it's, okay, so let's go and plant this tree that it's native and so that you can enjoy <laughs> the, the, I mean, God's creation. Uh, God provided to us like all these different kinds of, of diverse fruits and vegetables. Leslie explains how these activities are not only reshaping the way people in a community interact with each other, but also enhancing their ability to address local challenges. So in some way you can see now these very like concrete activities are starting to change the way people see each other, see their contribution, are starting to strengthen their bonds of collaboration, of cooperation. And it's also starting to give meaning to this relationship between the individual, the community, the institution. How we are together in solidarity 
trying to learn about these specific problems and how are we solving them. Now we're finding these initiatives from families that are saying, okay, I don't have space to have like this nursery that will produce or reproduce 1,000 species, but I have this patio and maybe I can have 100 of these species being reproduced here. So now there are many families that want to have these small nurseries in their homes so that they can share these plants with other people in the community because there is all this <laughs> desire to have like more and more plants and more trees. Something very interesting that has happened is to really see that the most enthusiastic people in the community have become youth with planting trees and with doing these vegetable gardens because all of a sudden they realize, you know, there's something important there that we didn't realize in the past, but now we're living these very unstable times. Maybe we should like really pay attention to agriculture because maybe this is gonna solve many of our family's problems because I don't wanna see my friends or my family suffering because they don't have access to food. So many of these like promoters of community well-being, their example started to inspire other youth in the community that maybe were not part of the PSA program. And through seeing that, they said, oh, maybe I should go and participate in this program because what these guys are doing, it's really interesting and it's giving a contribution. So it has been very heartwarming to see their enthusiasm. Leslie shared with us a story of intergenerational bonding and how the wisdom of one generation can benefit another. Her story highlights not just the deepening of familial ties, but also how these changes in relationships can significantly enrich the social fabric of a community. This youth in a community was telling me, you know, when I committed to plant this tree, this native species tree, I was so happy and, and I went to my um, farm and I have a very small farm and I chosen like where I will plant this tree. But then I remember that my grandfather that's still alive and lives with me, he has a lot of knowledge about agriculture, but I mean, he's old and now he cannot do many things in the farm. But maybe I should go to him and ask him what he thinks, is this a good place for me to plant this tree. So <laughs> around this, a conversation with his grandfather started. And he started to share with him, you know, uh, when you identify a place for, for a tree, this is what are the things that you have to like really see, like with light, with soil, and like explain to him many things. And then they plant the tree together we need to maybe at some point see how we're gonna nurture this small plant so that it can become a, a very big tree. And this relationship with his grandfather started to like change in a way that he looked at him as someone that had so much richness in knowledge that he could refer to when he has questions. And he said, you know, one day my, my tree got a plague and I was so worried and I didn't know what to do. 
But I remember I have my grandfather. So I went to my grandfather and I brought him and, and showed him the plague. And together they decided what to do. And now my tree is okay. So I'm just telling this because there are like these things happening in the midst of families where youth are starting to realize, you know, what are the things that we have that are so important that we didn't realize we had? So this is like a, a great resource we have. We have my grandfather that knows a lot about agriculture and that can help me, can teach me. And again, I have this contact with this PSA group and with these organizations in my community that can help me with things that I need and that can teach me also other things. So there's this conversation that is, is happening at the community level where youth are really starting to train themselves and to be even more conscious about the contribution they can do through the planting of trees and through the production of food. So it has been really like interesting how youth are acquiring this consciousness of how by changing these relationships and transforming these relationships between them as youth with other youth and family members and community organizations, how these small changes in their relationships can really like raise up all this capacity um, to do great things for their community. And then you have a community that now it's like moving forward and, and being like motivated to collaborate and to create spaces where people can feel that in the midst of all these disintegration forces, there's a light, there is a hope, and there's something they can do. And something very simple, but that it's giving a very powerful contribution to the problems of the community. You've been listening to Insights from the Field, a new podcast from the Baha'i World News Service. For more information, visit news.baha'i.org. Thank you.